Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Dugout Dude special holiday edition. I'm uh, your host, Josh Luke, with Brett Tomko. We have another one of Brett's former teammates today, world champion, but so much more than a world champion, 2009 uh, Yankee teammate of Brett, Nick Swisher, joining the show. Nick, how you doing, bud? Oh, man, Luke, I'm doing great. <laughs> What's up, kid? Thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> What's up, buddy, man? I, I just told Josh, I said, be ready. High energy. This is a high energy show right now. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, hey, Josh, you didn't get your coffee, bro. You're about to get some right now. <laughs> so listen, Nick. So Nick, you played 12 years, Major League Baseball, like me, um, a long time, and then stepped away. So let's get a little into your career a little bit. Um, you know, drafted by Oakland, started out with Oakland, come up with Oakland. And I think it's really relevant now to talk to you because of all the analytics in baseball, because you were like the poster child of analytics with Oakland, Billy Bean. And I'm, I'm interested to get your take on a couple things, just because I think baseball is, has completely pivoted the way we, you know, I came up. It was just, it was gut. It was go with your gut, go out there, make a pitch. You know, there wasn't so many numbers, but you like, you kind of changed the game and Oakland kind of changed the game with the analytics. Do you, do you see it ever getting back to a little bit more of the gut stuff? Or do you think analytics is, is what's going to drive everything from now on? Yeah, I think if you look at it in the big picture of things, analytics is, 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 was, was created to help your team, not to hurt your team, right? I mean, I know we might have seen in the World Series the, the analytical move that the Tampa Bay Rays made. Yeah, let's it didn't talk about that. exactly <laughs> work out, right? So, but for somebody like me, uh, that obviously, you know, you know, being a special advisor to the Yankees, we are one of the front running teams on the analytical front. And over the last three or four years, I've learned so much about it. And, you know, the thing that I really take is I don't think you can be one way or the other, right? I don't think you can be an extremist, right? I don't think you can be fully analytical. And I don't think you can be fully, I guess, in a sense, old school, right? right I right. think you need to have a little bit of both. But I think it's, you know, I think one of the goals that I'm trying to get to is, you know, I mean, bro, I want to be a manager one of these days, bro. Like, you know, really, five, I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, five, 10 years down the road when my oh, girls dude, go dude. off to college, like, you know, so I, I think for myself is if there's it, how can I be the guy to mix, you know, talking to the players and the overall analytics of the game, because analytics were brought to help you out. It's prime example. I mean, if you look back in your career and you just you're like man you know what i never should have thrown that pitch in that situation of a certain game well nowadays we know that that's not the pitch you should be throwing anyways right, right. or for somebody like me make it way more noticeable that i was exposed on change-ups down and away to right-handed guys right i didn't so know I, that i didn't know that you know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't, don't pump the cheese in there bro right but i i, I think in general i think just overall man <clears throat> i think analytics are a great part of the game uh, I definitely think it's going to be a lot harder for young kids to get to the big leagues because they're broken down so much. And as even as an evaluator now, the the old slash lines of batting average, home runs, and RBIs, we are realizing now don't quite tell the whole story of what a batter really is and and the uh, the overall return that you have on your investment with him. So yes, I do think it's 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 good for the game. It gives people that never played the game. A, uh, the ability to come in and, and, and affect it, which I think is great. Uh, I think you're seeing a lot of different types of people in the game of baseball right now, which I think is amazing. I think we need to kind of get up to the times a little bit, but 
I mean, for me, man, like it, it's, it, it's just part of the game. I think that if you yeah, want to yeah. be part of the game of baseball moving forward, you better become a little more analytical than you ever have been. Because now when you're talking about all these different numbers and projected stats and the whole nine to a, you know, a, 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 an overall baseball historian, this is probably like mind blowing to somebody like that, but this is where the game is going moving forward. And if you want to be part of it, this is where we're at. Right. And that's the funny thing. We talked about a little bit about Bellinger on, on our podcast and earlier because a lot of people were giving him a lot of slack because he wasn't putting up the numbers he was. And this was last year and the year before a little bit. He wasn't hitting 350 like right. he was at the start of the season. And people are like, he's slumping. And we did a whole we did a whole podcast about is he really slumping or not? Because if you look at, yeah, he's hitting 240 for this clip but he's driving in just as many runs. He's hitting just as many home runs as on base percentage is what it was. And it was like, well, why are just people looking at the average? There's so much more involved in that. And I, I think that's very similar to, I mean, with this, with no disrespect, like your game a little bit, your average was not always hovering around 300, 320. But if you look at all those other numbers, that's why you became such a hot commodity when you did after Oakland, because yeah, if you hit 250, so what? You hit 35 home runs. You drove in 80, 90 runs. Like, that's those are the money things. Those, I mean, that's what gets you paid. If you, if you think, know, think about it. Myself, like, bro, I want to play now. I'd be so much more valuable. Oh, my gosh. Now, <laughs> Dude, man, you, you would have, you'd sign like a $200 million deal like that. Yeah, like, let me crazy. ask you a question, guys, because you're both making this point. I think this is true in every sport. Wins versus replacement. Is that not the most important stat in every sport for every player? Nick, you kind of made that point. Like, you look at the stats, you set them down, and you go, is this kid going to help our major league club win? Right. And I always looked at you, that kind of guy, right? Yeah, the stats are they're kind of there, but the, the wins, the most important one, is always there. Yeah, 100%. You know, I feel like at the end of the day, I mean, you want to be remembered as a winner. And for myself, I mean, coming from where I did and the overall just internal fight that I have, I mean, it's like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to battle. Like, I may not be the best out there, but I'm, <laughs> fuck, I'm going for it, bro. Like, right, I'm, I'm going right. to go for it. That's just the type of person that I was. And even in today's game with where, you know, young kids and young athletes are being broken down to numbers so much, you kind of have to have that mentality of, you know what, bro, I'm just going to continue to just keep being me and just keep grinding and keep moving forward. Because I think the one thing that, that I, I get scared of is, you know, the, the Dustin Pedroia's of the world, or like, you know, the, the, uh, the Ronald Torres is of the world, right. That might be passed up on because, you know, <clears throat> they're not gener you know, they're not uh, generating enough, you know, exit velocity, or they're not generating, you know, enough of the metrics to warrant keeping that player. Because nowadays, obviously, Billy Bean exposed the fact that, you know, small market teams, if you have the right algorithms and you have the right players, can be successful. Look at the Tampa Bay Rays last year, right? I mean, it's, with the season that they had. So it's crazy it comes down to such a science like that. It really does. It's a science. When you really look, you're, you're dissecting these players, it comes down to really deep diving deep like you said exit velocities and all that stuff to like really go this guy is going to produce he may not be producing an a ball yeah. but he's going to produce when he gets higher that's crazy to me yeah for sure because you're looking at analytics and all they're really trying to do is predict the future try right. to you know even in the scouting world i mean look at look at the things that that people look at come scouting stuff they don't nobody looks at the batting averages anymore it's even with you know a lot of the young kids that i look at you know i mean i, I in, in in my mind you know i mean i think for myself, I want to try and create these development leagues that are solely based on metric systems and not statistics, because nobody cares about four jam jobs over the first baseman's head anymore, right? <laughs> right, four, four, right. Four, 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 
what we're looking for. We're looking for hard outs, you know, being able to generate some power in the batter's box and things like that. Obviously with, you know, launch angle and things like that. But I think nowadays, I mean, Brett, come on, bro. All these dudes are throwing fuel nowadays. Everybody, everybody. In my mind as a batter, and I've been in the batter's box against 100 miles an hour, Joel Zamaya, who pitched for Detroit back in the day. And, bro, I didn't have to hit it that hard for it to go a long way, right? I just had to get the barrel there. And so that's why I'm thinking, like, people are generating all this strength and this power. And moving forward, I feel like the quickness of the bat and the quickness of the barrel is what's going to generate all that power. That's why you're seeing – you know, a lot of these not traditionally big guys going dead central, like it's going out of style, jumping balls close to 500 feet. I'm like, yeah. bro, I couldn't hit a seven iron up there, bro. <laughs> these guys. Oh, come on, dude. You had, you, had, you, had cra- you had crazy pop. What are you talking about? Well, I'm just thinking now, bro. I mean, like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Well, I mean, we're old. We're old, yeah. You know, but I think in general, I, I, I understand the philosophy. I understand what teams are trying to do and the overall um, – uh, I guess value a player is trying to bring. I understand that I, I 100%, but at the end of the day, you got to get in the batter's box. You still got to be able to make contact. So Absolutely. Gotta- let's cut it back a little bit. Let's, let's, so you have your stint with Oakland, you have a, a brief stint with Chicago, yep. and then you end up with the Yankees. And, and you go over to the Yankees um, and sign, you, you think you're going to play first base, and then all of a sudden they, all of a sudden they, they sign Texera. And it's like, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. like, you're like, crap, like, well, that didn't work out the way I wanted to work out. Um, and then, you know, the season starts and, and you're kind of backing up and yep. they got Nady playing out in, in right field and, mm-hmm. and, and, and doing okay. And then all of a sudden you get a break, Nady gets hurt. You become the everyday right fielder. And this is kind of where I'm going with this is that team. I mean, you and I know we were both in that clubhouse. We had superstars everywhere. You looked every locker you went to, there was a superstar in your own right. Superstar. The thing is, is like that team that you needed guys like you, you come in, you step into right field and I have this thought that those world champion teams, they need guys that are glue. And to me, you were that guy. We had such good guys on that team. Guys like you made the difference. And tell me a little bit what you think about that championship team and how, how we were able to kind of roll through and, and win the world championship. Well, first of all, bro, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, that absolutely <laughs> means the world to me for, you know, somebody that actually took a lot of pride in trying to be a locker room guy and to be the guy that brought the energy every day, because come on, bro, you did it for as long as I did come August, bro, September, oh, yeah. 62 games in 180 days. I mean, bro, people are exhausted and you're right. It's not always going to go the way you want it all season long, but I mean, literally for me, bro, I can take you back to even opening day. Listen, bro, I came from Oakland A's. I felt like I was a stud. I was a three, four, five guy in the middle of the lineup go over the White Sox, kind of have a shaky year. And then the next thing you know, I find myself on the bench. And I'm just like, how did this happen? And how did it happen so fast? It just felt like the game was completely taken away from me. And I remember I got a pinch hit in game one against Baltimore. And I think I ended up hitting a double in the eighth inning, which ended up being the tying run that we scored. And then, you know, I'm like, oh, great. First at bat out of the way, no big deal. I'm definitely going to get a start here tomorrow. No, didn't get a start the next day. Got a, pit, got a pinch hit, ended up walking, but I got that start game three, right? X moved over to left, I think, maybe that day, or he, or he got a day off. And, bro, I was like, this is it. This is the spot. Like, Because all I thought about the whole time when I was sitting there on the bench was like, wow, man, this game can be taken away from you in a blink of an eye. In a heartbeat. And you have no idea what that feels like until it actually happens. And for myself, it felt like it happened. Not only at the tail end of the White Sox career in 08, 
but at the beginning with the Yankees, because I'm like, oh my gosh, bro, I got the pinstripes on, like the whole nine, but I'm not getting able to get out there and do what I want to do. So I had that first game of the season, bro. And went three for five, went deep, bro, drove in five. <laughs> and it was just like, okay, bro, this is it. Guess what? I got to start the next day. So right. then I got, got a couple more hits. And then that's when X injured his arm. And then that's when it, I, I got the ability to be out there on an everyday basis. But I always try and tell people, man, for somebody like me, that like this game gave me everything that I have, bro. It put the roof on my head, the, the rubber wheels under my car. Like it introduced me to my wife, like the love and the, and the respect and the passion that I have for the game of baseball is, is higher than a lot of other people because of what it gave me, but I had nothing before that. And yeah. now I feel like I have everything. Well, I feel like, I feel like when you're done too, you, you appreciate it a little bit more. I think when you're in it, you're in it, like you're in it, you're, you're not thinking a broader spectrum than that. I think I, I reflect a little bit more now that I'm at home and you're around your house more and your kids and, and <laughs> you're being a dad, you go like, dude, shit, this is pretty good. Like, uh, you know, All right. I, I, like, this is like, a pretty good life. Right. You know, you know, I have, I have a nice house. I got some, I got some nice cars. My kids are taken care of. My wife's taken care of. My family's taken care of. And you start to reflect and go, gosh, that was, that was great. That yeah. was a great way to make a living and spend, you know, 15, 20 years of your life. Like how fortunate are we to be able to do that? Like I, I'm super appreciative every day for that. hundred percent, bro. I mean, food on the table for your kids. I mean, come on, bro. Especially with what's going on in the world right now. Yeah. To be able to, you know, have the, the insulation that you have <laughs> created for your family uh, and the whole nine, bro. Like for me, that that's, I mean, I got, I got two little girls, bro. I wish I was chest bumping in my house. But that ain't what happened. You feel me? No, you know, so, you know? that's, that's the one thing. I envy you in a lot of respects, but being a girl dad and having to think about going through high school and junior high, uh-uh. I got yeah. two boys. I, don't, I, I, that's... I can speak for that. It's not that fun. So, <laughs> so hey, guys, as, with a, that one. as a super fan, you know, you, you always hear the fans, uh, you know, kind of make make comments about the money and the opportunity to afford you and, and what they don't realize I, I watched my brother go through this i mean he made more as a realtor three years in than he did as a major league minimum guy but my point is as a super fan i think we think more about the elation of winning a championship and right. so let me ask you about that this year because it was such a different year and the comment i've seen from dave roberts and kershaw was 80 percent relief 20 percent elation and i wanted to ask i mean you won in 09 you know, some guys never win. Yep. Um, was I guess what's what was the ratio for you? Was it just a hundred percent elation, or was there some sense of oh man, I'm so glad I got this over with? All right, <laughs> I got one. Well, yeah, but you got to yeah. remember, like you know, back in the day when when I was with the when I was coming up with Oakland, I mean, like that's that the conversations in the locker room weren't World Series bound. Yeah. Championship talk. It was it was in 2006 when Frank Thomas came over. Yeah. But it wasn't like that in 2005. I immediately walk into the locker room 2009 spring training with New York Yankees. And, and tell me, he, he tell yeah. you, there's, there's championship banners everywhere. Like there's quotes about winning championships. There's quotes about winning because the, the overall expectation of being a New York Yankee was a championship or not. And, and that's where I think it is now, even though it has been a long time. But you got to remember, you know, I, I, bro, I came over there and we won the first one. And I'm like, bro, we're going to win like yeah, 100 of these, right? You know? <laughs> like, we're just going to win them all. And that wasn't exactly the case. I mean, didn't even make it back, was able to play in a bunch of playoffs, but never got the ability to go back and play in that World Series. So I definitely think if you look at the Dodgers situation, listen, bro, be knocking on the door for two years prior 
and to have your heart broken, there definitely has to be some relief because there was so much pressure on the Dodgers come this postseason, even for myself on the media side, being like, listen, if Dave Roberts can't get it done this year, something's got to change. You can't keep knocking on this door and falling that short. And even in, in, a, in, in a COVID-restricted year, you know, I, I heard the commissioner uh, referred to the World Series trophy as a piece of metal. And yeah. that's not exactly how I quite view the situation. Sure. Uh, the one thing that I can honestly say about that championship is that we will always be considered champions. No one can take that away from us yep. forever. It's written in stone, bro. It's there for life. And for myself, being able to go over and to be able to hoist that trophy over my head changed my life. So for the commissioner thinking about it as a, as a piece of metal, obviously my love for that goes way deeper because when you get a group of individuals together, you want to say it, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. But, <laughs> you know, so you I, mean, you, I can say it a little differently. Cause I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I'm not as involved as you are anymore. And I'll say it for you. It, was, it, it hit me a wrong way. And, and same, I have my ring, you know, I, I was with Oakland at the time that you guys won it. I I'd gone over there. I'd broke my shoulder, yep. but yeah, like the, like no one can take that away from you. Ever. And for him to say, Oh, it's just a piece of metal. I was like, bullshit. Like no, that's, no. you know, it, it, it made that. me mad. Yeah. Well, not only that, let's take it a little deeper. I mean, even thinking about all the social issues that have happened this year, you're taking a locker room full of individuals from everywhere, all shapes, colors, all over the world, doing, banding together as one, moving forward with the same mind and thought process. Bro, like when you're able to achieve that ultimate goal, like, come on, bro. Like that just doesn't yeah. happen that often. That is a very powerful thing. And I was able to be part of that. I was yeah, able yeah. to be part, like you said, like my brothers, right? To be able to be part of the entire thing in that locker room, that fraternity, that entire thing. Like, I don't know, man. I just, I, I look at that championship and I don't care what anybody says about 2020 and the COVID year. This championship this year that the Dodgers won, I almost respect it a little more than what I do a normal championship because those guys and those baseball players this year went through things that we never ever dreamed of going through stress wise, the whole thing for them to give us live sports and to be out there to win a championship. I think this should mean maybe even a little more than a normal championship. The NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner. With all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in on. So if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship or someone to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need to go to betonline.ag. For game spreads and totals to team players and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Right, and, and, and if you look at it really anyways, you, you think about the regular season, and you assume the Dodgers were going to make the playoffs. They, they had such a good team. They, they had won the National League West for eight years in a row or where, whatever yeah. it was. So it's not like they weren't going to make the playoffs. So once they got to the playoffs, it was pretty much the same type of – I think it was even harder. That first round was the scary round for them, I think. Two out of three, you know, that's anybody's ball game. I don't care. Anybody can win two out of three. So yes. I thought it was more difficult. They had to do that and then turn around and, and roll through the rest of the playoffs. So I was with you. I was like, once I got to the playoffs, it's all, you can't, you can't talk smack anymore. 
If they yeah. win the World Series, they win it legit. You, yep. It's not like they were little series and stacked in their direction. Yep. It was on an even playing surface. Everyone had the same type of, of restrictions. So it's all good. I, you yeah, know, it, 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 I, There's no asterisk. No, and not only that, not, what I even thought was more badass was the expanded playoffs. Like, that dude, was cool. when I looked at the World Series, it was like a March Madness pool. And it I was got awesome. so excited, bro. <laughs> it was so amazing to be able to kind of like put everybody in their slots, right? The brackets were going galore, like the whole nine, because, you know, I mean, come on, March Madness, bro. That's one of like right. the best pooling seasons of the year. Well, so, let's, hey, let me ask you something. Ohio State. So you went to Ohio State. This oh, yeah, is totally yeah. off, to, oh, off topic. Yeah, baby. Yeah. You know it. Let's go. Let's I know. Go. So the funny thing is I, did, I didn't know that for a long time. I'm, I'm an Ohio boy. I was born in Cleveland. So yeah. I have Ohio roots. And, and I know you were born in Columbus, grew up in West Virginia. And you don't hear many guys coming out of the Ohio State for baseball. So to make it out of there and make it to the big leagues and, and, and stay there, I mean, hats off to you. Like growing up. Being born in Ohio, how, how cool was it to go to Ohio State? Oh, well, I mean, you got to remember, bro, like, you know, coming up when I was first born, I mean, I was one of those guys that you either loved Ohio State coming out of the gates or you didn't. Because, listen, I mean, now I'm an Ohio State. I'm a pumper, right? Right. Oh, yeah, you are. For sure. No doubt about it. <laughs> but I think growing up, I was such a huge Notre Dame fan. I loved Rudy, right, the whole nine. So, you know, the gold helmets, the whole nine. I love Notre Dame. And then when I moved to West Virginia and, you know, went through my junior high and high school, you know, I didn't get recruited by a whole lot of schools. And it just so happened that Ohio State was one of the more notable schools that, you know, wanted me to be a part of their university, bro. And so at the end of the day, I didn't really understand what it meant to be a Buckeye until I was actually there. And obviously the tradition, the pride, the passion, just the overall just mystique of being an Ohio State Buckeye is fantastic. So now you know, I mean, you know, they named the baseball field after me, bro. So it's Dang, look at that. Like, it's crazy. I'm like, y'all ain't got no one else to put on there. You, you want to put me on there? Okay. I guess that's cool with that. <laughs> well, hey, that's Nick, from a, from a Californian who has no ties to Notre Dame or Ohio State, do us all a favor. Don't put the retirement on Notre Dame or the Ohio State for the college football playoff this year. Just sit back and enjoy it. Okay. No betting. No betting. Because <laughs> yeah, right. those two dogs are big dogs, man. If, if yeah. either of them can pull out even a win, that oh, would be big no. for them. Well, I tell you what, I think the last thing the committee wanted to do was put up another matchup against Clemson and Notre Dame. Yeah. And I also think they want that, you know, Alabama Clemson rematch if they get the opportunity. Now, you know, for me, obviously, I get really nervous as an Ohio State fan playing against Clemson. Listen, bro, Clemson has waxed us the last couple of times we have played, right? But you know, Clemson is winless in, you know, in, in the Sugar Bowl, right? Ha they haven't won down there yet. Ohio State, we have. We got a lot of good pump. We got two weeks to get it right. We had 20-some unavailable guys uh, for the Big Ten championship game. Justin Fields sprains his thumb the whole nine. We got two weeks. But if there's anybody that can do it, and I think Urban Meyer set the precedence with this, you get two weeks to get ready for, for a game, you don't lose that game. So no, no wagers though, just rooting, just cheering. <laughs> yeah, just cheering, bro. Just cheering. <laughs> hey, my mom, my mom is a huge Ohio State fan. Like that was in our family. Like my grandpa was an Ohio State guy. My mom, like when the the, the game is on, my mom's like, don't call, don't come over. <laughs> I'm not answering. She the is locked, she that. is locked in. And it, if 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 I mean mostly they win because they've been good, but if they lose, it's like don't oh, even bother. 
Don't even bother mom. She needs the whole day to recuperate. We can talk to her tomorrow. It's almost like a funeral in a sense. It's like, oh man, (laughs) we all need to mourn this loss, really take it in and then move on. But at the end of the day, man, for those, you know, those three teams, at least Ohio State, Alabama and Clemson, for them to be in the playoffs as much as they have. I mean, come on, bro. Ohio State is plucking number one, you know, five-star prospects everywhere, right? Yeah, so, yeah. And, and to see the overall just love for Ohio State and just the overall mass amount of people that have either graduated from Ohio State or attended Ohio State. I mean, bro, especially down here in Florida, bro. We got a huge Buckeye following down oh, here. Oh, big, big. Yeah. Um, was there any, any chance when you were in high school, because you played other sports, played football, played basketball, Yep. Um, you get recruited for football to Notre yep. Dame. Yeah. Was yep. there any thought that like, gosh, maybe I, maybe I should go play football at Notre Dame. Here you, here you go. Cause I uh, went on my, one of my first recruiting trips to university of West Virginia, right? Mountaineers. One of the, at that uh, time they were, they were good. They were bro, a good you football kidding team. Me? They were legit dude. Yeah. Legit. So my dad and I, and, and my best buddy, Eric Grimm, we all drove up there. Uh, we go to the game and you know me, bro. I'm an, I'm an energy guy. I like the yeah. football games. I'm like, <laughs> This is fantastic. It's right up my alley. Well, I'm asking football. Like, that's that. I mean, that it, you're you're pumped all the time. All the time. Even at right? Ohio State. Even at Ohio State. Too oh, yeah, bro. <laughs> all of them, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So, I got the opportunity to go to the game. And I remember after the game being in the locker room with my dad. And all these dudes are kind of like taking their shoulder pads off after the game. And I'm looking around, bro. Here comes your answer, Brett. I'm like, bro, it's like a bunch of sequoias. I'm like, like, dad, this baseball thing's looking real good right now. He was like, I agree, right? So then right then and there, I knew that maybe football wasn't exactly my final destination. But, you know, I mean, listen, bro. Like, I loved high school football. I was so, uh, I loved, I loved basketball. You know, shoot, I played soccer all the, all growing up. But that was back in the day when we played all sorts of sports, man. Right. Kids don't quite do that as much now. It's more specialized. And, you know, for myself, bro, and whatever the season was, that's what we were playing, you know? Right. Uh, that's that's fun. I had my aha moment. We've talked about it before. Same thing. I was a basketball guy. I was going, yeah, to, play, exactly. I was, I was going to play college basketball. That was like the number one thing. And we had a game against uh, one of our our conference guys and there was a guy that was going d1 arizona state his name's tess whitlock and i had we had a breakaway and he went up and dunked over me elbowed me in the nose as he was coming down and it was that moment where i was like nope (laughs) 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 that's it like the stars were going and they weren't good stars they were like you need to bail out because this is who you're going to guard playing college and i was like maybe i'll try baseball maybe i'll go in that direction maybe i can throw that thing a little better you know right right it was good So listen, so let's get back to baseball a little bit. So after, after, uh, well, let's get, let's the 2009 season. Let's talk about that a little bit more. Um, you meet your wife, your future wife, uh, Joanna Garcia. Um, tell us how that happened. Oh, bro. Listen, dog. Like this is, this is crazy how this happens. Right. So, uh, ninth grade, junior high, I failed geometry. Right. Okay. F. Wow. This took a swing. I wouldn't have thought this was how you're going to meet your wife. This is it. <laughs> I failed geometry, right? And from there, I needed a tutor. So my father was like, "No way, this is not happening." Like, you're de- you're gonna pass that class. So he hired a tutor by the name of Fisher Pence. Okay, Fisher Pence was a senior at the time, the valedictorian, right? Like, smartest dude ever, like cum laude. What I don't even know what that is, but like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just means you're smart. Top, top of the class, right? 
And so he says, hey, I need you to help, you know, my son Nick get through geometry, right? So Fisher comes over. We start, you know, he's tutoring me the whole nine. Make a long story short, I, I, I pass. I get like a C plus, right? And I pass. Well, fast forward, that's ninth grade. Fast forward, 2010 or tw- uh, 2009. Fish is working for the company that's representing Joe at Three Arts. No uh, way. Joe loves country music and so does Fish, right? And so they had met. Right. At, at, at maybe at a, at a country music concert or just overall, just in Los Angeles, it's it's such a tight community out there. And all of a sudden I get traded to the to the Yankees. Well, about halfway through the season, Joe's show that she was filming in Los Angeles, her pride and joy privilege got canceled. Well, so the WB was like, well, you know, we need you to go to New York. We need you to film. You know, we need you to go film Gossip Girl. And she, you know, my, he's a real good buddy of mine now, but Chase Crawford is who she paid opposite by. And if you've ever seen Chase Crawford, he's one of the more handsome human beings. Come on, don't, on don't say you're so short. Come right? on. <laughs> <laughs> so I think her thought process was, oh, hell yeah, man. I go to New York, take out with Chase Crawford all summer. Like, this would be great, right? Well, two days into her being in New York, Fisher calls her, or he had set it up through me and her that I called her and I was just like, hey, do you, you like baseball? And she's like... Of course, who doesn't like baseball? So make a long story short, bro, I sent a card, pick her up, brought her to the game, came to watch my first game, hit a home run that game. I right? remember that game. From, from that moment, you remember that, bro? I do, I remember, in the, really, I remember a conversa- I remember conversation we had in the clubhouse. I wear yeah. you out on this too, because you were tired <laughs> after the game. You're like, ah, oh, man. And we, we, had, we had talked a lot about, because at that time I was, I, was, I was married, I had kids coming on the way, and, and Nick was just like, you know, we, gosh, you know, it's gunner, so, baby. so hard to meet <laughs> running and gun. I wasn't going to put it like that, but he was like, it's so hard to meet somebody. Like you just know, you how do you know? And you know, yeah. you like, so, you know, I was like, I was like the, the dating coach for Nick at that time. I felt like, <laughs> so I, me- I remember this conversation. Our lockers were next to each other. Like, man, right. I'm so tired, but I'm supposed to go out with this girl. You know, I don't know what to do. I'm like, dude, you just never know. This could be the one. This could be the one. I don't care how tired you are. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta just muscle up and do it. And you did it. And the rest is history. So, as far as I'm concerned, I'm responsible. So you were the best man at the wedding, right? You get the toast at the wedding. Because if you would have blown her off, she would have been what a dick. I come to this game. No way. I was like, hey, Joanna Garcia. I was like, is that the girl from Reba? And Fish is like, that's the same one. I'm like, bro, you gotta hook it up, dude. Yeah. So and then, you know, we met that night, and bro, ten months later, engaged. Six months later, married. Like, great bro, story. I never, I never been hooked like that before. You, you, you had, you had, you had never. Listen, we hung out many <laughs> nights. I tell you what, New York was so much fun in terms. Like, we had such good guys, like CC and and AJ Burnett, and yeah. you. Like I said, the the glue what guys, the guys. Yeah, and dude, I had so many fun nights just after the game, going up to your your room or suite or whatever you had, and yeah. just chilling out, man. We had we had a lot of late nights just hanging oh, out. Boy. I remember one thing, dude. This guy, I don't know if it was was just getting wound up. There, it'd be three o'clock in the morning, and all of a sudden, I'd be like, I'm I'm, I'm fucking hungry, <laughs> dude. Dude, he would order so much food. There'd be three of us in the room, and like food for like ten people would come. I'm surprised the restaurant <laughs> didn't call you at 2 Mr. Swisher, just, would you like to make an order? Yeah, exactly. Just destroying food at three. And I'm like, dude, I'm a I'm a, I'm a fat kid from growing up. So I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't keep up with this. You know what, man? man? I, I think you hit the nail on the head, bro. I, I think at the end of the day, 
the reason why we did win that year was because we did have that camaraderie. We really sure. did. I think if you even look back on the successful teams that you played on throughout your entire career, those successful teams had a bond that other teams didn't, right? There, 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 there were no... There, there were no like, you know, question marks. It was like, hey, everybody knew their role. They knew everybody's personality and you knew what to expect from those guys. It was family as soon as it started off. And I, I could tell that I had played with a lot of teams before I got to New York and I walked into spring training. Like you said, you walked in there and it was family from the get go. There was a common goal. It wasn't, hey, let's try to win the World Series. It was how do we how do we get there? Because, yep. you know, we have a good team. How do we get back to the World Series? It wasn't, it wasn't, ah, I hope we can do it this year. It was, the intent was, this is what we have to do to get back there. And we were a family. We pulled for each other. We rooted for each other. Yep. We supported each other. We hung out together. I mean, there were times, days off, you know, there'd be 18 guys hanging out on a day off. I like, know, right? That just doesn't happen anymore, bro. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't happen at all. Burnett bought a fishing boat every Yeah, time. how about, I, I told this story. We had CC on and I was like, see, we were talking about fishing and we're talking about spring training. And I don't know if you weren't there. I don't know if you were remember this, but um, AJ's like, hey, come over to my place and live on the lake. We'll go fishing. And CC goes, I want to I fish today. So he's just got a little bass boat and CC's a big dude. So like- Big guy back then. Not now, but back then for sure. No, back then, big dude. And, and- AJ had another buddy there. So we didn't have enough room. So AJ, AJ was on the phone. We're outside doing PFPs and, 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 and hitting and doing all that stuff. And AJ's on the phone and he bought a boat. He bought a <laughs> boat that, that morning and had it delivered to his house. And we went out and fished like a bunch of us. And like, that was the thing. It was like, we all just hung out together. It was so much fun. Yeah. That's the best, man. It's like, you look back on that in 2008, they missed out on the world, uh, missed out on the playoffs. So that was such a, you know, like just a crushing year for the Yankees. And then next year, bring over guys like yourself, me, you know, like Mark Teixeira, AJ, yeah. CC, right? They're just like, all good guys, man. All good guys. And guys with like some moxie and some personality. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that you, like you're saying, you got to have those guys in the locker room to keep everything kind of going. And bro, remember we had the, we had the pies going on, bro. Like, oh, it was, a, it was. It so was old, fun, it was like college. It was like college. That's yeah. how it kind of equated to. I remember Swish would be. He would have the locker that was at the very end before you went out to the to, yeah, to the, the tunnel to the field. To the field. Yes. And I I still remember my first night. I because I started out in Scranton because I was coming back from an elbow injury, and I get called up and I'm there, and real serious meeting. Like Joe comes in there and it's kind of like I'm walking in. I don't know what happened the, the few games before. And so Joe gives this real serious meeting and we kind of break and all of a sudden Nick just hits play. And it was like, I think it was tonight's going to be a good night as loud as it could be. And Nick's just like, let's go. And just <laughs> everyone go. just goes crazy. And it was yeah. like that, that like, I, I don't know about you, but now being retired and out of the game a little bit, like I miss that the most the yeah. playing I miss, I miss the competition. Like, oh, cause we've competed our whole life, but you miss the relationships. I miss hanging out. I miss, after the game, hey, what are you doing? Ah, come up to my room. Let's like hang out. Like I miss that yeah. stuff because, as I, I think with any group, when you're in it and you're and you're living it every day, like you have that bond with those guys that no one else 
no one else is going to know what that is like. No one else is going to know what it was to be a major league baseball player and be in those situations and hang out like that, except for the guys that you did it with. And I miss that. My my dad's at the school, like never going to have that connection as I did with, with you or with CC or those guys. And I, I miss that more than anything. Hey, let yeah. me ask you guys a question. Cause as Brett said, I always bring it back to the Dodgers, but I'm going to connect course. the of Yankees course. and Dodgers here. Uh, I was, I was uh, skiing with my, my brother a week or so ago. And I, I asked him about Shane Spencer and old buddy his Yankee world champion, I think fastest ever to th- 30 home runs or something. Uh, and Shane's an awesome guy, but he might be the only guy that crossed the line in 96 that actually ended up going on to. So anyway, we can all put that aside. We're all past that now. But but Matt said, you know, why I can't wait to see Shane again. We're planning a reunion from our, our Tampa, you know, single A championship. And da, da, da. he goes, I can't wait to say, dude, you missed the cutoff, man. <laughs> and, and do you know, you guys know what play he's talking about, of course. So fame. So what I wanted to ask you about, for those who don't, it's the hole where Jeter like ran 30 feet in foul territory to throw the ball five feet to Posada to, to tag the guy out at home. But this year, why didn't Giambi slide? Like, why didn't he slide? Or just Bro. blow him up? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see that clip, I'm like, what are you doing? Just ho- like slide and what, like head first and put the hand out. It's definitely change one of the craziest plays history. you'll ever see. Like most or unorthodox baseball. shoulder, bro. Masada <laughs> right. was already down on one knee, bro. He was exposed at that point, you know? Man. So the reason I ask is because I saw, and you know me, super fan Dodger, top 10 plays of the year. And I'm like, well, of course, Kershaw throwing out the runner at home. Margot at home has got to be. This is one of the best baseball plays I've ever seen when you put it all together. It was only like number four. And when you really reeled it back, again, I'm a super fan, but I mean, I, Mookie had two plays that you could say were the top play oh, of the year. Bellinger stuff. What, what play from this year, even if it's not the Dodgers, was there one or two plays in the playoffs that stood out to you? Because I told Brett, I'm all, Brett, like, I know you guys make this look easy, but the fact that Kershaw stepped off without flinching, threw a bullet, and they got that tag down against a guy who's one of the fastest guys in the league just blew me away. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it, 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 it's funny because when you're in those situations, you're like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what he's supposed yeah. to do. Right, sure. just like we practiced it. it eight million times. <laughs> I just think the plays that that blow my mind are the overall athleticism plays. Like some of these plays that you know, friends, uh, you know, uh, uh, Tatis Junior. be making, bro, as a shortstop. Oh, yeah, he's crazy. And so I, I think for me, one of the one of the more game changing plays was that you know that Cody Bellinger, you know, robbery of Tatis oh, Junior. Because crazy. listen, bro. That was when Slam Diego was feeling good about themselves, bro. Like they were fighting the Dodgers back and forth. And if that would have been a home run, that could have changed the complete, you know, complexion of the entire series. So I think for me, that was one of those moments. But then I look at some of those catches Mookie Betts made and I'm like, bro, I couldn't, I, I, I don't think I jumped down on a trampoline. So I'm, at the end of the day, <laughs> just the overall, the, the athletic feats that some of these dudes can do is I think Kershaw is, it's that, it's that, it's the baseball mind, right? It's just having the feel like you can't necessarily teach that, but you can't teach Mookie Beth jumping 15 feet off the ground for a three, you know what I'm saying? And, and robbing some home runs. So do you ever rob a home? Do you ever, do you ever rob anybody? Yeah. Brian McCann in, oh, yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, it would have been a wall scraper, bro, but I, I mean, that's the only way I could have robbed him. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were set, you were set up perfect in New York, right? Field, right. Field's like, six foot one that fence 
Yeah, I mean, it, but by the way, man, but you got to get you got to get your spike in to get up. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. makes it look small, but bro, come you're on. Like, you're like you're like 6'3". I mean, don't. Yeah, in my spikes, bro. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Isn't that what pitchers did in warmups? Was was pretend to rob home runs? Oh, oh we thought we were like <laughs> spectacular. You'd be sitting by the fence, home run. I I never robbed one, but I, I mean, and I was a decent athlete, but oh, that's hard. Bro. Like, you could have won basketball, bro. Let's yeah, just up. playing, just playing, like just playing like uh, like joking around on the outfield and bp it was hard to do even if you were standing back there the whole time and happened to get hit for it's hard to do that let alone full speed run like i'm, I'm dude robbing a home run that would be like when i think of as a pitcher like things that i would love to do hitting a walk-off home run like i don't know if there's any i've done it in softball like and the feeling that i had was like none other but robbing a guy of a home run like yeah. you must puff this chest out a little oh. bit and just like that feeling must be awesome did oh. you guys see in japan about a month ago some guy robbed a home run and was ran all the way into second base before he tossed the ball to the umpire they'd already put the score on the board the other team had already cheered they had to like stop and go back to the replay because they did you guys didn't see they, the know, they, they, oh, they didn't know if he caught no, it or not he, right he didn't show oh yeah, yeah no, no. he, he didn't it. show it that's and right he didn't show it did you guys <laughs> see that it was a great clip <laughs> that's, a, that's a dick move right there. yeah no, <laughs> well the pitcher was the happiest guy brad so you should be happy right? hey listen let's let's swing it I, I know nick you're involved in a bunch of stuff right now like you said yeah. your special assistant uh which is the best job in the world you have two of the best jobs like i said i'm very envious of it. you have two of the best jobs in the world first of all you're an analyst uh a baseball analyst and you're a special assistant to the gm in new york oh. like it doesn't get any better than that oh, right no. i mean it's like uh, for myself it's such an honor bro something that i hold near and dear to my heart because i guess at the end of the day you always have that dream and that goal of just working with awesome people and people that are family to you and I mean, the New York Yankees are family to me. I yeah. mean, you know, the Bronx is like family to me. Like, regardless if I know you or I don't, if you're from the Bronx, we already have some sort of a, a connection, right? So, right. well, you were a fan favorite. I mean, you quickly became a fan favorite there, like from the get go. I mean, I, you run out there, salute everybody in right field. Like, <laughs> dude, you were love. You could run for mayor and easily won. Bro, I appreciate, I mean, thank you, bro. I feel so blessed to be able to have that relationship with those bleacher creatures and I mean, come on, bro. There's no better feeling than going out there and, and them chanting your name, bro. Oh, 50,000 so people chanting your name, bro, until you turn around and acknowledge them. Oh, and you used to milk that. We'd sit out, we'd sit, be in the bullpen, be in the bullpen. Like, so people that don't know, like in New York, which is one of the coolest things you can ever see. Sports, when the Yankees sure. take, yeah, in sports, when the Yankees take the field, um, they'll start and start chanting the guy's name at each position and they'll keep chanting that name till that player acknowledges. Some will be just like a, a quick tip of the cap. Some will like full out, like wave to everybody. And Nick would sit there and stretch it out, like stretch <laughs> it out. We go like, come actually. on, Swish, come on, Swish. just put your hand up. Let's go. We got to get to, we got to get to Gardner and center. Let's get, let's get going. No doubt. Bro, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's a feeling now that I miss so much. Right. That's what I'm, I'm like, saying. Wait, you never get those feelings back. No matter what we do, like I, you miss all the little tiny little mm -hmm. just nuggets of, of things that you do, whether it's going out to dinner with guys or that. Like 
I, I miss seeing that. Like I'm a baseball fan and I'd sit there yeah, and I get excited. I'm like, I'm excited for the chance. Even it goes all the way to the pitcher, the pitcher who's like trying to lock in to get people out has yes. to stop and give yes. away. I remember Pettit. I, I never thought Pettit, Pettit always just looked pissed off. Like, God, yeah, I know, right? I do this. <laughs> so mad. <laughs> but that's so good, dude. But you're also involved in, in a company called prospect dugout, yeah. which I, you know, looking more into it. Cause we had texts back and forth. I, I followed them on Instagram before I even knew you were affiliated. So I was like, oh, man, they make some swag and stuff, but they do much more than that. Explain what exactly Prospect Dugout does. Yeah, yeah totally, man. You know, uh, Prospect Dugout is a digital brand to help uh, expose and uh, you know, give young athletes the ability to become recruited uh, or, you know, scouted by anybody. I mean, look with where we are in the world right now. I mean, you know, all scouting and things like that, it's, it's all digital based. Uh, so for myself to be able to jump on, uh, you know, that kind of that, that prospect dugout bandwagon, uh, along with the co-founders, uh, Joel and Craig, uh, it's been amazing, man. We've got our app coming out, hopefully, uh, the end of February. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram at prospect dugout. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, the top one, five, 10% of guys, they don't necessarily need any help being recruited. They don't right. need the exposure, but there's a lot of other people that do. And so what this app does is it's going to give kids the ability to promote themselves in the way that they want, right? To give them the exposure, just like they would anywhere else. It gives scouts, uh, all of our college coaches that are part of this so far, the ability to go on and scout and recruit kids just from the touch of a button. I think that's where things are going. I think it was also created to, you know, everybody has a cell phone. And if you can film something, you can promote yourself in the, in the easiest of ways. So for myself to be able to be part of the, uh, the process of all of this, uh, it's been a dream come true. It's really kind of, you know, bring, uh, brought my love back for motivating uh, and working with young kids because, you know, Brett, like you and I, we're one of the fortunate people, right? Like we climbed to the top of the mountain and we know what it takes to get there. We were the men in the arena, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of people out there that, that need that sort of help and that sort of guidance. And now kind of being part of the amateur baseball world, which you obviously are with your boys, you know, you know where the flaws are, right. uh, you know where it needs to have a little help. Uh, and so for myself to be kind of able to set up shop here in Tampa, the Bradenton area, to really kind of be the hub uh, for Prospect Dugout and moving forward, you know, with our app, uh, I mean, I, I think the sky's the limit. It's going to give uh, even instructors the ability to promote themselves. So you're going on a quick vacation and you don't want to miss any time you can go in there and look for instructors in the area you're going to and book an appointment right through the app so it's going to be great i think the scouting section i think is going to be off the charts uh so for us man i'm just it would have really been a, that would have been a cool thing for us to have because like you said like in west virginia you you didn't get you didn't get like a whole lot of exposure like right. And I wasn't a big prospect right out of uh, out of high school. I went to JUCO. I had to kind of battle. I didn't throw hard. I started throwing harder as I got in college. And having that, I, when I looked at it last night and kind of was like, oh, okay, I see what the what the deal is now. Yep. Like, gosh, this would have helped me so much in college because nobody knew who I was. Yeah. I went I went to a small school in Florida in Lakeland, Florida. Yeah, of course. And, and kind of put myself on the map. But gosh, having that tool to be able to put yourself out there and really expose yourself to the masses not just your little like pocket of where you're at in podunk you know yeah you know mississippi well 100 bro i think kids more than we did kids need to be proactive nowadays like you need to, you need to go out there you need to put yourself out there a little more get you to that point and 
And listen, bro, like I don't, me growing up, I didn't have $800 to go to a perfect game showcase. I didn't have that. So what we're going to do, what we're doing is giving kids that don't have that money, the ability to promote themselves as much as what a perfect game could give you. We have all the rankings. We have all that stuff, right? To be able to have that is huge. We have all the data. We have all the metrics. We have all of that stuff. So to be able to offer kids things that don't cost $800 a weekend to be able to, and not only that, the only way to change your perfect game numbers is to go to a perfect game event. And That's if crazy. you can't go to a perfect game event, you can't change your numbers. We, through the app, give you the ability to change your numbers whenever you want, right? The better you get, the better your numbers will project that. So even for myself as an evaluator, I can go on there and track progress from kids that were maybe 12 years old when they first started using the app or eight years old when they first started using so the kids app. are starting that young. Well, that's what, that, that's what I'm trying to do because I am so, getting, to, I want to get to the point where these young kids are well-known way before they even get to college. Give Ty, them the Ty Tomko, class of 2028. I got to get them on there. <laughs> but who's counting? Well, not only that, I think now with the overall, you know, creativity of these young kids and with the ability for them to understand social media the way they do, this also creates a great community within the baseball world. And, you know, I mean, obviously we're going to hit the softball side as well, bro. And I've met so many amazing people. Dude, that, dude I'm telling you, that is the crazy side. Yeah. Softball well, is just, like a, a, like a, like a cult when it comes yeah, to Yeah. I mean, like you got to get in with the right people for sure. There's no doubt, but I definitely think there's that same ability uh, and same need to help people, bro. Like at the end of the day, like look where we are in this world. We need people to be better than they've ever been before. We need people to, you know, you know, put that reaching, that helping hand out there a little more than we have in the past or more than anybody has. So for me, man, to be able to give young kids and young athletes uh, an app like this that nobody else is doing, uh, bro, we're really excited about the launch of this and really excited to see because even if you look on our Instagram platform now, we're doing an uncommitted alert. And all these kids are sending in their videos and we've already gotten, I don't know how many kids that have signed with colleges just because of that one little post. So the engagement that Prospect Dugout has is amazing. Can't thank our followers enough for being as engaging as they have been, but now taking this to the next level and really, really promoting these kids in the, in the limelight that they should have. Now, let me ask you, cause this is, this is kind of something that comes up a lot. Um, you know, I'm a little league dad. I'm on the board. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really deep into that. I'm not in the travel ball world. Um, there's a lot of stuff with kids so young getting in this travel ball world. The, the amount of games they're playing, the amount of stress on their arms. Um, you know, I, I, I'm very leery when I talk to parents about getting involved in too much. Mm -hmm. um, what are your thoughts on that? Because it, it, it's, it's interesting to talk to former players. Um, you know, you have girls that, that, that may be in softball and all that stuff. And, and, you know, what are your feelings about that? Like how much is too much? I think there's so much stress put on these little kids. I'm talking little kids, seven, yeah. eight, yeah, nine. Sure. That's why I asked you about like that young going on, on, on the website. You know, what, at what age do you think kids should start really diving into that? Well, the only reason why I say that is because regardless of what our opinions are about that, kids are going to keep playing. So right. it's like, if kids are going to keep playing, they're going to keep doing this, then I just want to find an easy way for them to funnel all their data, all their metrics to give them the best ability to be drafted or recruited into college, professional baseball, whatever it is they want to do, giving those kids that, that good platform. Now for myself as an evaluator, I kind of look at these guys as, as athletes, right? And I can tell you who's played other sports and who hasn't. 
For right? sure. I, I always kind of try to find the well-rounded athletes, but they're few and far between because guys are so specialized. We're going to need to keep bringing in great athletes and great players. And, you know, I think that if most people think that, you know, being a PO from the time they're 10 till the time they're 18 is the best option or for like you and I did, whatever the season was, that was the sport that we were playing. Uh, I also think for myself, it kept my love there because if, if you were giving me a hundred and a hundred games a year as an eight year old, by the way, 75% of, of young kids, I think they stop playing sports by the time they're 13, right. something crazy like that, because yeah. that's that big transition phase. Sometimes. You know, you're going through, you know, you're going through puberty as well. You're, you're going into junior high, you're going into high school, trying to figure it out from there. So at least for myself, I mean, you know, my daughter's an equestrian she's, she's our horse rider. And we don't really do a whole lot of competitions because I want her to understand that like you should have a love and a passion and an excitement for what you're doing. Because if you don't love it and you don't wake up thinking about it all the time, then we need to do something else. Right. I think that's important. I, I, I try to take, I, I've found with Ty that if, if we grind, if I'm like, Hey, let's get in the cage and we grind every day that it, his, his energy level just goes down. Yeah. I don't get as much out of him. I don't get the work that I want to get out of him. but if I do it in spurts and it's like, it's spaced out correctly enough, I get more out of him. That, that yes. 20 minutes of practice is much better than an hour of practice that we're doing. Yeah, but that's day. also kudos for you knowing your kid. But right? I think that's, I think, I think that's important. I think that's important with all parents is understanding your kid, understanding, like you said, play other sports, expose your kids to lots of things. Don't just grind them out for, a, you know, 150 games a year. Yeah, because at so, the end of the day, your kid may be a good shortstop, but he might, might be the greatest soccer forward you've ever seen. And he's Absolutely. still going to be both, whether he specializes in either, right? You know, Brett, I was thinking, as Nick said, at 13, kids are quitting. You and I were screaming at our parents at 14 and 15 as to why we couldn't play six sports still. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what do you I mean think, I have to pick three in high school? This is BS, you know? The idea of the, the, the prospect dugout, though, I, I think, you know, now that I'm like really thinking about it, when you, when you said some stuff about it, it, it gives, I think it gives parents an avenue that they, like you said, they can update, they can gain their numbers where they're not having to grind out every single showcase. Yeah, yeah of course. And, and grind out. That, yeah, like parents have their own portal. Coaches have their own portal, parents and coaches. It's all, it's all for free, right? Coaches and scouts. It's a free app, free for life, right? And, you know, for the player, it's free up until a certain point. And then from there, if he wants to take his profile to the next level, same thing, right? It may be a little bit of a paywall, but I mean, well, like you said, it's not eight hundred bucks for a showcase, right? No, yeah, it's 100%. it's a good idea. Plus, it's funny. I went on last night, started looking around, and, and we had text back and forth. The, your little driveway drills, yeah, you I like love, them. I love those. I love yeah. them. I've done some with my. I've done some with Ty because, like, you know, I was a pitcher. Like, I, I was decent athlete. I could hit a little bit, but like when it comes to fielding and stuff like that, like this, I don't know that a lot of that stuff. I, I know the basics, yep. but it's always good just to be like, ah, oh, this makes sense. This yeah, makes sense. Also too, the thing that I'm really realizing is now trying to do these instructional videos that if you brought me a player and I just started hitting him ground balls, I could, I could fix whatever need that needed to be fixed. The problem is, is actually coming up with drills to get there. That's the part where I'm yes. kind of like, wow. So it's like, I kind of struggled through some of those drills because I'm like, what more am I supposed to say about this? Other than that, you know, so I think that's the thing that I'm learning moving forward is if you're going to do instructional videos, you need to make sure that, you know, what you're saying is correct, because at the end of the day, hopefully it affects a lot of people, because 
I don't know how long this quarantine is going to go on for. I mean, if they shut LA down for another four weeks, can you imagine what those kids are going to go through there to not yeah. be able to go anywhere? So those driveway drills were kind of fun because it gives you some drills you can do within a 10 by 10 frame. You know what I mean? Which is great, which every parent is looking for right now. Like we yep. talked about, man, my kids, let, let's, we'll chip into this and then I got a little fun game and we'll close you up because I know your, your time is valuable. Um, how's quarantine with the kids? Like, how, how are you doing? Your hair looks great. No one can see you. There's not a lot of gray going on. No, you've, gone, good. Listen, good. <laughs> you've gone back to oh, the 09, like kind of a little bit of a faux hawk working. You I, like that I, look I, swaggy? I had text you. I was like, go back to the full hawk. Cause you, you had shaved your head for charity, which was awesome. And I was like, dude, bring it back. Yes. You're right, dude. You're right, man. I got my swag back. I feel good now. Right. I hit 40. You know what that can do. I, to you, dude, I know what it does. I, I shaved this morning a little bit to get all the gray out. So you know, <laughs> damn Tonko, you look old. You look old. Nothing I can do here, man. Yeah. So did Josh, bro. For sure. He did. But how are you and Joanna hand on quarantine with the kids and, and right. everything uh, going on in the world? It's, you know, it's definitely something different. I think that you're, you know, you're asking people throughout the entire world to do things that they're not used to doing all the time, right? Like trying to get my kid to focus on a Zoom for school for, oh my gosh, bro. I'm like, bro, I have ADD. How the hell am I going to get my kid (laughs) to focus like that? It's like, I'm a short order cook, right? Like you name it. Like, so I'm doing a lot of things that I've never done before, but also too, I'm such a silver linings guy. Like, bro, check it, man. Like, I'm able to spend every day with my kids for almost an entire year. Like, as an athlete, when have you ever been able to say that? That you've been able to be home and to be a full-fledged dad and to really gain that relationship that you always wanted to have with your kids. Like, dude, me and my daughters, bro, we're like this, dude. Like, this year has been such a huge building block for us that we have really tried to make the best of this situation. Now, listen, bro, my... My girls are seven and four. So, we're, you know, it's not super crazy. I couldn't imagine trying to put a kid through a like junior uh, or senior in high school right now. That would just absolutely like blow my mind. But I think for myself, I know this has been one of the worst years ever. I know that. And I know this year has affected so many people in the worst of ways. And I'm very respectful to that. But this has been a, a, a huge year for the Swisher family. Joe's been able to be home all year. I've been able to be home all year, right? Like we haven't needed the nanny. We've been like able to be a family, bro. We went on an RV trip. For Dude, I saw days. that. Like, yeah. We're doing things we've never, ever done before because we're trying to be proactive in this, in, in, in what we're dealing with. It's, it's not easy. But for me, man, like 2020, bro, like you, I've always felt that you don't really learn a whole lot about yourself when you're kicking ass and you're winning all the time. But this year, I don't think anybody really won. And so I think that this year has been a lot of internal thinking for myself, you know, whether it's the virus or all the social issues, it's, I've done a lot of thinking on the inside for me and, and I'm going to come out of 2020, a a better human being for it as a father, as a person, the way I view the world. Like, so now I'm just trying to put, I'm trying to pump positivity back into this baby. You know what I mean? Dude, that's what I love about you. You cannot be around Nick Swisher and not feel good about yourself when you walk away. I feel better already, man. No, seriously. No, I didn't even have to scream at him from the outfield for 20 minutes to acknowledge me. I have been around a few guys in the clubhouse. There was a guy named Mike Morgan in Cincinnati, old timer. He was, he was like 40 when I came up. Yeah. And that guy, I could give up eight runs in a game in like three innings and walk in the clubhouse. And he would, cause he's like, Tom, man, he called everybody, man, Tom, man, how you doing? How you feeling? I'm like, ah, oh, man, I just got the 
crap kicked out of me. He's like, yeah, but man, you were painting down in a way. And like he, I would walk out thinking like, dude, I dominated that game. I just went sick. <laughs> <laughs> I gave up burnt runs, but I dominated. I don't know how they hit me. I would feel so good. And you're like that, man. And I love it. And I love it. I strive to be better at that. There's sometimes when I get in a rut at home where it's like, my kids would be like, dad's always in a bad mood. And it's like, you almost got to kick yourself and be like, I got to set the tone. I got to set the tone for this family. I, this is like you said, it's a crappy year. It, it's yeah, been a, bro, it's, like you're, you're a crappy year in respect days, of dude. what's going on. But like you said, in our family, yeah, like I, I think we'll look back on this and hopefully our kids look back on this and go, gosh, you know, 2020, man, we spent so much time together. They think about that stuff instead of all the bad stuff that happened. Like I commend you, man. Like I said, I love you. Um, <laughs> I love it, you uh, I'm so, I'm so happy that we got to play together and spend some time. Let's, I got a little game for you. Okay. okay I do this ready. at a, every end of show. It's called WWSD. What would Swish do? Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. I need a shirt, bro. I need a shirt. <laughs> hey, prospect dugout. You could t- t- I trademark, trademark Tomco Let's 2020. Go. Let's do it. Let's do um, it. All right. So I'm going to ask you, this is some rapid fire stuff. You can elaborate. You can, you, now that I'm knowing that you're not going to be, you're, you're moving to Tampa full time. I'm going to have to switch my couple questions okay. around all a little right. bit. Cool. Cause I was going to say LA or New York. So I'm going to say New York or Tampa. Uh, I, bro, the energy. That I mean, looks- Tampa is kind of like mini New York, anyways. If you've ever been it's down there, it's, it, it's no, totally. That way. But I think the energy that the city of New York brings is something unlike I've ever experienced in my life. So I definitely, bro, like, come on, New York made me a star. It introduced me to my wife. It's like, come on, bro, New York, dog, no doubt. Mayor, Mayor Swisher. <laughs> um, hey, where are you at in LA? Are you in Redondo or in PV? Or where no, you- yeah, yeah, PV. Yep. Yeah. yeah, cool. Okay, so, um, in New York, are you living in the city or are you out? Are you out in the suburbs? No, I'm a city boy, you man. Are a city boy. Boy. I knew that. I knew that. I knew that. But I just had. I just wanted to hear you. I say need the it. action, bro. I need that action, dude. That's you for sure. Okay, so we're talking. You're in. You're in uh, Tampa. Are we talking? Uh, you're having a Cuban or are you having a slice of New York pizza? Oh, bro, I married a Cuban, baby. I'm going for oh. the Cuban Sammy, bro. I'm having yeah. the Cuban Sammy, no doubt. Dude, I love Cuban. There's some good Cubans down in Tampa. Hey, bro, non-toasted though. Non-toasted Cuban. Not toasted. No. Controversial. That's, part, That's controversial right there. <laughs> it busts the roof of my mouth, dog. I don't like it. I lived in Tampa for like five years. So Tampa is kind of like a little second home. I, I love Tampa. After, when this is all done, man, I'm coming out for sure. Been been out, I went to... I went to South Florida. I went to South Florida for a year and I worked at Adventure Island. Oh, did you? A water park. Yeah, for two summers. I was a ticket taker one summer and I worked at the beer pavilion the second summer at the volleyball courts. Oh, that was nice. That, that was, was nice. no, it was the number one job. Everybody wanted that job because you, you serve beer and you serve like, you know, soft pretzels and nachos. Of course. But, and, all the good-looking girls came to the volleyball play. Let's go. It was a good summer right there. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. We're talking about Ohio State mm-hmm. and a national championship. If you got to pick one sport to give the national championship to, is it baseball, basketball, or football? You gotta you gotta present this to one team. I, I gotta I gotta present that. I, I'll, I'll present you, a ball, bro. No, 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 no. You have to pick one. You got you have the baseball team in front of you, the football team, and the basketball. You gotta I'm, be like, I, you I'm, get I'm, the next. I'm going. I'm going baseball, and the only reason why because you have a field name after you. That's why. Yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> but I, I love Coach Beals. I love I love what he's done over there at Ohio State. I mean, we're starting to get some top high round draft picks, which is amazing. But listen, bro, I think it's been since like the '60s. 
since we've been we've won a national championship. Football, bro, they're they're competing every year for that thing. Basketball, I love those guys, but not as much as the baseball guys. So <laughs> I'm definitely giving my boys O H I O to the baseball squad. No doubt. Okay, I like that. I like the answer. All right, if you're golfing, are you going shorts or slacks? Uh, bro, these chicken legs, cuz I got, I got, I got, the, I got the pants all day, bro. Pants, dog. <laughs> are you, are you, uh, are you, are you walking or are you in a cart? No. Uh, so, ah, uh, I mean, you are 40. Think yes. about this. And by the way, I started walking in the morning for a little exercise. I, I just walked going. yesterday. Right? I was like, I wake up at 5.30. I walk from six to 6.30. Me and my buddy, we walk our dogs. I walk my great Dane in the morning. I come back at 6.30. Wow, we just out. got old. Just got old I work old out real from quick. 6, 6.30 to 7. And while I'm working out, I got the infrared sauna warming up. Oh, and then I sit in the sauna from like 7 to 7.30, 7.40, reading up a little bit, kind of doing my audio books. And wow, you just, yeah, I, dude, I just saw- I'm eight o'clock. I just saw more gray hair come out of your chin <laughs> as you were talking. <laughs> I'm, like a, I'm like, bro, like dad jokes the whole night, bro. All like, right, you're, you're a girl dad. So are you a dance family or are you a sports family? You kind of talked about a little bit. Dance family. 100%. Your dance family. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, my girls, they, you know, my youngest one, Sandler, bro, she don't even know what I did for a living, right? She, they won't, no that, they'll, they're, she's right on the cusp because my kids at about, five or six were like walking by the jerseys like what's that and then yeah, it, it starts going then all of a sudden you're becoming like a superstar yeah i can't wait yeah. i can't wait yes but you know we're definitely a dance family you know i've got two of the greatest girls on the planet man they both do dance they both do gymnastics and so yes dance family okay all right it's it's christmas time all right so are you we're gonna do a little christmas a couple christmas things okay are you a uh christmas eve present Yes, 100%. Yes. Now, the only reason why this started was kind of a sad reason was when my, my parents divorced back in the day. And we would always do Christmas Eve with my dad and my grandparents. And then Christmas Day, we would drive up to Columbus and do Christmas with my mom and my nana and everybody else. So we would have two days of Christmas, Christmas Eve ah. and then Christmas Day. So we even do that today. You know, we have a big Christmas Eve, you know, where we have a lot of the families come over. Because remember, bro, like everybody's got kids now. So you want to make sure you're home for Santa and you can make sure, you know, that you get everything ready. And so for us, we normally do that. We do Christmas Eve. We do a lot of presents. And then Christmas Day, obviously Santa shows up and makes right. everything amazing. Yeah, we do. We do all Christmas. We, we don't have oh, any Christmas, all Christmas? Yeah, all Christmas. Always been like that. What about you, Josh? Uh, we do a little bit. We usually have one on Christmas Eve. Um, so, yeah, it's usually pajamas or something boring. So the kids <laughs> That was a waste stocking, of time. Stocking. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Christmas food. Is there like a Christmas food on Christmas day? That's like a Swisher tradition. Yes. Are you throwing yes. Cubans out on the table? Like, yes. Uh, I mean, yes, we do. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, we've got our pork, we've got our Cuban tradition, right? We've got our pork, uh, you know, obviously for new year's, we do our black eyed peas and all that stuff too. Um, but I would, I, I, I would, I would obviously have to say it would not be Christmas Unless Mrs. Bergman came over and dropped off an apple dapple. And bro, I don't even know how to explain this apple dapple, but it's a pastry, right? Like it's a cake and it's, it's one of the greatest things that you could ever taste in your life. So Mrs. Bergman out there, I know you're, if you're listening, I can't wait for my apple dapple. Oh, I want Mrs. Bergman to make a delivery to my house. I'm telling you. Let's <laughs> we'll, do it. We'll flash freeze it out there, bro. We'll find it out. <laughs> All right. So do you decorate your house yourself or do you hire somebody? 
No, we hire somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you said that like not, I mean, you said that like you were proud of that. I'm okay with that. I'm like, bro, I don't even know what to tell you, man. I got to have my guys. I got to come hook me up, bro. For real. <laughs> so on the house, is it colored lights or white lights? Uh, no, we're, we're still on the yellow, like the yellow lights. I've seen these new bright white lights and I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of mixed in between, bro. I still kind of have that, that old, old nostalgia, school. you know what I mean? Okay. But, I think now the way, at least here in Florida, you know, the way people are really kind of wrapping the bottoms of trees. Yeah. It's been absolutely gorgeous. So I think next year for us, I think we're going to wrap all of our trees uh, candy cane style all the way Wait, up. You said, I think we are. You th- yeah, you yeah. Think- I, 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 we're a team. We're a team, bro. <laughs> okay. All right. I just want to clarify that. I think they are going to wrap. Yes, totally, trees. Okay. totally. All right. Is the Swisher family a matching pajama family? Yes, we are. Oh, now my stepmom, Christy, she gets them for us every year. It happens, right? So my brother, I need a pick. You need to send me a pick of the matching. I will, bro. My brother. So last year, me, my brother, and my dad had matching PJs. So I'm interested to see how it usually shakes down because it might not be just me, Joe, and the girls. It could be different matches for different people, right? Okay. All right. I got two more for you. Okay. Um, you, you, you're looking for one present under the tree for you. What, what are you looking for this year? Uh, a sous vide, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning so much about you right now. Right? Really? Bro, I, hey, so I had gone to a, um, um, a member guest golf tournament with my brother-in-law up here in um, uh, Pelican Golf Course. And I'm saying it right, sous vide, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they sous vide all the steaks. Well, bro, this steak came out, and, like, I cut into it, and it was just, like, butter. And I'm like, how the hell did this happen? What was that? Were you at Mastro's, or were you at Pelican Hill? No, I was was at a country club, right? Oh, yeah, Pelican Hill, okay. Yeah, and so I'm just kind of like, you know, how'd they do that? So then I obviously- put it in a bag and they put it in water. Yeah. I learned what a sous vide was. And for my birthday, I had just gotten the, uh, you know, um, where you put the food in it and you take all the air out. What's that called? Oh. Vacuum seal or whatever. You know what I mean? So I just gotten one of those for my birthday because I'm a fisherman now and a diver. So now we got fish all over the place. Well, in Florida, that's good, yeah. man. Oh, hey, I got it. Hey, did the off off subject. If you want to go out on a boat, I got I got two buddies that have charters that are out of the Bradenton area. Oh yeah, dude. Like, that are that are big time. A guy, a former player I played with in Double uh, A, has his yeah. own charter company. Oh yeah, bro. It, it's we've had so much fun, man. Like just getting out on the water. But a sous vide. Gotcha. That's what I'm looking are for. You a co- or, are you- or my go my GoPro 360, bro. My GoPro. Uh, okay. I could see you with that. You bro, can put out some good media that. right there. Yeah, that's it. I didn't know you. Are you a cook? <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm a griller. I'm really you okay. know I'm, uh, I I I love getting on the grill. Uh, I, you know I love my you know my my, my chicken. I'm, I've really gotten into fish this year, bro. Like you know because obviously you're getting a little older. I'm trying to keep my weight down, yes. bro. Because my weight, I my legs, my that's knees. that's COVID, man. That's COVID. It's hit it hard. Hey, cause it hit me. It hit me in the belly. It bro. hit me, man. It I got 15 or 20 that I, that's why I started walking yesterday. I was like, ah, oh, man, I gotta go. I gotta get it. I can start it. No, I'm coming out of this thing. All right, bro. I'm coming out of this thing. All right. You know? <laughs> okay. Last one. Um, if you could pick one present under the tree, would you pick, Oh, this is going to be a tough one. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, ready. I'm setting you up. I'm, this, okay. this is good. Uh, a wedding, uh, a world series ring. Or an Emmy or Ox or Emmy or Oscar for Joanna. Oh, bro, fuck! 
That ain't right, bro. I always listen. Right, every bro. listen. Every every right, every man. game I play, I throw one in there, and that is gonna bury somebody. You got me, bro. Right at the end of the day, I I'm going for this, bro. Oh, this is love, good. Bro. I, oh. We just hey, we just had our 10 year anniversary a couple Fridays ago, and I could not be be more proud of the woman that I married. I've been able to climb to that mountaintop, bro, and enjoy that. I want her to get there too. And we've been so blessed. Sweet Magnolias has just been one of the, the greatest. One of the top, top uh, rated the Top 10 shows on Netflix this year, which is amazing. And we're going to leave in March to get ready. Joe's going to film, uh, you know, season two, which we're really blessed to have. Uh, but I also think that, you know, at least for me, man, like, you know, this, this, this past month, you know, I was put on the, the Hall of Fame nomination list. And Congrats on that. I, thank you, bro. I, I don't think there's anything better of a feeling than getting acknowledged uh, for something that you did. And I think that's what I would want for my wife. I want people to give her the acknowledgement because of all the hard work that I see her put into it. Uh, so I, 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 I love Joe, bro. I love my wife, dog. She's like, talented. I, she's I got, she does it, she does some decorating too. She's got her own. Yes, bro. They decorate. got the happy place. Check it out. Uh, uh, at the happy place presents on Instagram. Fantastic. She's got her blog coming out, dude. I think she's locking up with QVC or something going on, bro. Like she's killing it. Hey, dude. listen, you, like most of us overshot our, co- outkicked time, our coverage, <laughs> outkicked our coverage. Wow. Because I mean, so you and I, that, you and so I were solid, like sevens, like eight, like sevens and our wives are tens. No like, doubt. For sure. By the way, I'm not gonna lie, man. I see a baseball player. I'm like, yep, you get it, bro. You <laughs> man, I, I joke around. I became a lot more handsome when I got to the big leagues. Oh, bro, sexy. Oh, sexy, solid dog. six in For college. Real. Got to the big leagues. I was a good eight and a half, maybe touching nine all the oh, time. Oh, bro, my double chins went away. Well, listen, uh, Swish. Um, what a joy to have you on, man. Like I said, like, I love you, man. Uh, I, I miss you. I miss hanging out. We, we, we text back and forth. We comment on each other's Instagram, but man, I can't wait to the day when this is all over where we can just have some quality time and hang out, bud. Hey bro. I can't wait for that, man. Hey, I love you too, bro. Uh, um, um, I mean, we go back a long time, bro. Playing against and, each other forever. Oh man. And not only that, but I think, I, I think the thing that makes me more happy than anything is that you normally run into guys in your life you know, in the baseball world and you're together for a short amount of time, but you're together so much, like you're saying, develop those relationships. But a lot of that kind of fizzles out. Yes. Uh, so I think the cool thing for me and you is we've kept that, we've kept that relationship Absolutely. going. And I yeah, love it, that. It's one of those things too. You could not talk, we could not talk for six months or a year. Yeah, exactly. And then when you, like we, we did a thing uh, two summers ago where we hadn't seen each other literally I, maybe since oh, Yeah. It had been a while and it, you fall right back into it. Exactly. And that's, those are, those are good friendships. And like I said, that's baseball brought those friendships. It's given us so much and, and so much to be thankful for. So yeah, I'm thankful bro. for you, but I appreciate I'm you. Thankful you, bro. Hey, ah, no. up, Brett, you oh, I'm thankful for you. <laughs> Brett, you didn't share your splits against Nick, man. You always share your splits. You have, you don't have those. I don't have my split. I don't, I, I usually look up my stats. I, I, I don't know them, but I'm sure, hit, I'm sure he hit me. I'm sure he hit me pretty good. Even, on, I, I didn't even know change up down and away was the place yeah. to go to. I didn't even know that. You We're going to get you, back man. at it. We're going to get the sandlot. Well, hey folks, uh, as the quarantine winds down, uh, check out, if you're looking for something to binge watch, check out Sweet Magnolias, top 10 on Netflix. 
uh, Joanne Garcia Swisher. Remember this great conversation we had with uh, uh, Hall of Fame ballot candidate what? Nick Swisher, what? world champion <laughs> and a former teammate of Brett. Hey, thanks for having an awesome conversation with this buddy. Oh man, you got it, Josh. Uh, hey man, thank you so much, bro. Nice to meet you. I mean, Brett, love you, bro. Thank you guys you for too, having me on today. All right, guys.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.